0: Wallahu and Allah has produced you. Then He will take you in full, meaning He gave you life, and He will also cause you to die. When? When your time ends. When you become old. But there are some among you, man yuradu, he will be returned Ila tu aruzil umur the most decrepit age. Generally what happens when a person ages, he dies. But some people, they don't just age, they go beyond aging. Meaning they're like extremely, extremely old. So much so that they reach arudalil أرض لِلْعُمُرُ Arudal is from رَذَى And radil is to be like base and lowly and mean. Like really, really bad and really, really low. Oh, dhal, extremely decrepit old age. Such old age, so that, لَا يعلم, He does not know. بعد Ilmin After having knowledge, شيء, anything. Such age, that a person, he's literally reversed. Literally he is reversed. His physical abilities are reversed. How? That he loses his physical strength, And he becomes completely dependent on others just like a child is. So they have to be helped with the washroom and they have to be helped with eating and drinking and changing and going upstairs and coming downstairs and everything. They cannot even tie their own shoes. Everything has to be done for them. They cannot even comb their own hair. Everything has to be done for them. But the worst is when a person does not know anything after having known so much. Meaning there is severe memory loss. That with aging a person also forgets. Forgets to the point that he doesn't know anything. Anything. And there are many people whom we come across that are sadly suffering from this age. That they don't know anything. They even don't know who their children are. They don't even recognize them. They don't even know where they are. They think they are living in a different country. They think that certain people who died years ago are still alive. لِكَيْ لَا يَعْلَمَ بَعْدَ عِلْمٍ شَيْئًا إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلِيمٌ قديرٌ. Indeed, Allah is knowing. He has knowledge. No matter how much time passes, what happens to people? We learn, we forget. We age, and we don't know nothing. We don't remember anything. With the passage of time, our abilities, they decline. Our strengths, they go away. They disintegrate in front of us. We don't have any control over ourselves. Who is above this weakness? Only Allah. He is alim and he is qadir. He is fully capable to reverse us in our physical body. He is fully capable. And he is the only one who does not lose his qudra because he is far above any weakness. Inna Allah alim al qadir. So, the true and ultimate possessor of all strength and power, and knowledge, and greatness is who? Who? Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when Allah has given us this life, and He has given us certain talents, and certain abilities, let's not get deceived by them. Let's remember that we are here only for a few days. A bee lives only for a month. And we are also here for just a few days. We don't know when our time will end. So before we are before we reach this old age where we are unable to do anything, where our soul feels trapped in our body, let's make use of our time. Make use of health before sickness. Make use of wealth before poverty. Make use of life before death. Of being free before becoming busy. Of youth before old age. Right? So, Inna alimun Qadir. And this extreme old age is something that the Prophet ﷺ would seek refuge from. He would pray to Allah, Oh Allah, protect me from this old age. Protect me from this old age. The Prophet ﷺ used to pray, Allah wal harami That, Oh Allah, I seek refuge with you from stinginess, from laziness, from old age, and the most decrepit old age. That is described over here. When a person doesn't know anything. Even after Salah, even after Salah, the Prophet would seek refuge. You see these two green banners over here? Hmm? At the back of the masjid? In these are du'as that the Prophet ﷺ used to read after Salah? And the last one that you see, Allahumma inni al jubni wa a'udhu bika an uradda ila ardha lil umur. After every Salah, he would pray, Oh Allah, I seek refuge with you from jubn, and also that I am returned to extremely weak and pathetic age when I cannot do anything. So, whenever you're here, at least after Salah. Make sure that you look up and at least read this du'a once. At least two times on the weekend. If not every day. At least once a week. Let's make du'a that Allah protect us from old age. Because it's a very, very difficult age. It's a very difficult age. Where a person, he's not able to do anything himself. Has it ever happened with you that you're sick? And because of that you can't do your regular things? Just imagine being like that always. Always. And even if a person doesn't have a big serious health issue in old age, old age itself is a big serious issue. Itself is an issue. Your blood pressure could be perfect, your everything could be perfect, but your bones are weak. Your digestive system is aging. And as a result, your body cannot function like the way it could before. You cannot even open the refrigerator yourself. Imagine being so dependent on people. And it's a very difficult age in which a person, he feels embarrassed all the time because he has to ask people to even bring a glass of water. Being dependent on others is very, very difficult. And at the same time, it's very difficult to thank Allah because when a person is living like that, all he sees is problems and aches and pains. And as much as a person wants to be grateful, it becomes harder to be grateful. It's very easy to complain because you keep forgetting, right? So people remind you, be grateful. But what happens? Then again, a list of complaints. Expectations increase, frustrations increase. It's a big test. This doesn't mean that if a person is suffering from old age, they're being punished. No. We don't judge people like that. Never. We just take a lesson. Because when people are tested with different trials, what is our duty? That we take a lesson for ourselves. That, Ya Allah, You protect me from this trial. You protect me from this big test. Because I don't know if I can survive this. I don't know if I can go through this. So, kum, Some people they die and others they live on year after year after year but they don't enjoy life anymore مَنْ يُرَدُ إِلَىٰ أَرْضَ بَعْدَ عِلْمٍ إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلِيمٌ قَدِيرٌ على and Allah has preferred some of you over others in provision meaning everyone has not been given equal amount of provision some people have been given more and others have been given Less. But people think about this. not, Alladina, those people, which people? fuddilu who have been given preference. How? How have they been given preference in risk? That they have more compared to others. So those people who have more than others, they never ever رزقهم, at all wants to hand over their provision. Raddi is actually Raddina. Okay? And this is the plural of the word Radd. Who is Radd? One who does Radd. What does Radd mean? To return. You know, when something comes to you and you give it back. Okay? You push it away. So, Raddi meaning wants to hand over, wants to give away. They would never give away him their provision, the money that they have, they would never give it to who? Allah on those who. Ma malakat, that which owns, that which possesses, aymanuhum, their hands, their right hands. Ma malakat, aymanuhum, what does it refer to? Slaves. Meaning a person who has been given money would never hand over his money to his slave. Fahum so they, fihi in it, un equal. Meaning so that both would be equal in the control of that wealth. Meaning both become equal partners. Would anyone do that? A rich person, would he ever tell his employee, the owner of a business, would he ever tell his employee, come, I'll give you a big share of this company, so you and I have equal rights. Would anyone do that? Would anyone do that? Never. A master, would he ever make his slave an equal authority when it comes to his money? No. If you have a hundred dollars, Okay, And your younger brother has zero And he's just looking at you With that hasra. Would you say Okay, come with me Let's go to the bank Or let's go to the store We'll get two fifties I keep one fifty And you keep the other fifty Would you do that? Would you do that? Maybe with twenty dollars you would And maybe with five dollars you would Maybe with hundred dollars you would But when you're getting your paycheck Would you ever give fifty percent of it To somebody else? When you have a bank account The money is all yours. Would you ever tell anybody, come with me to the bank, I'll give you equal rights to this money. So that you can withdraw how much ever you want, you have access to that money. Men have problem doing that with their wives even. They don't want to give access to their money to their wives. They don't want to do that. Equal account shares. Very rare. They will say, okay, I'll give you the cash. You don't need access to my account. Some people are like that. So, what is being explained over here? That when one person has more compared to the other, one person is better in some ways compared to the other, he would never say, okay, come, you become my equal. Come, we'll share this. When people, you don't do this, then how can you say that Allah has partners? That Allah would give The authority to give rizq to that idol And the authority to send rain to that idol And the authority to give life and death to that idol And to that god and that deity No way When you don't like this for yourself How can you like this for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala You think you are better Just because you have a hundred dollars more than someone else Just a hundred dollar difference Perhaps physically They're more beautiful than you they're more stronger than you, but just because you have more money than them, you think you're better. And you carry yourself differently, and you treat them differently, just because you think you're better. Because you have something they don't have. Then how can you bring the creation to the level of the creator? How could you do that? When there's such a big difference between the creator and the creation, how could you put both at the same level? How could you give the unique characteristics of the Creator to His creation? How can you do that? It doesn't make sense. Wallahu ja'ala lakum and Allah has made for you men and fuzi'kum from your own selves as wajan spouses, meaning from your own type, human, human spouse, okay? Human man, human woman, okay? Allahu ja'alakum min anfuzi'kum azwajin. And He has made for you. From your wives, from your spouses. He has given you more gifts. So first of all, spouse itself a gift. And secondly, through the spouse, you're getting so many more gifts. What do we learn from this? That milk is a blessing, honey is a blessing, rain is a blessing, food is a blessing, money is a blessing. But people relatives, the good relationships that we have, even they are a huge gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because what need do they fulfill? Emotional. Emotional need. And that is something that cannot be neglected. So He has made for you spouses, and through your spouses, He gives you banin. Banin, plural of ibn. Sons. wahafada, And also, hafada. Ḥafada is a plural of the word hafid. If we understand banin as sons, then Hafid or rather Hafid, Hafid. Hafid would be understood as daughters. But why has the word hafada been used for daughters? Because Hafid literally means a swift worker, someone who rushes to obey you, to carry out the orders that you've given them. And compared to sons, who responds better? Typically, typically, who responds better? The daughters, right? I mean, you'll see this in almost every household, from every ethnicity. And yes, there are those unique, you know, rare families where the sons are working and the daughters are sitting. Yes, you will find sons working where there are no daughters, okay? But when there are daughters and sons, who do you see active, running about, in and out, running the show? Who is it? It's the girls right so hafada allah has given you through your spouses sons and daughters why are daughters called hafada because the arabs they didn't like daughters but allah subhanahu wa taala is kind of teaching us that come on why do you not appreciate your daughters look at how helpful they are they are a blessing for you okay another meaning of hafada is also hafid swift worker through a person's wife okay through a person's spouse they get Children, but also who? Grandchildren. Okay? So it refers to grandchildren and in addition to grandchildren also the wives' children from a previous marriage. Okay? Because sometimes it happens that when a couple gets married and one of them has children from before, okay they have issues over there. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making us appreciate that blessing that look. He has given you your own children and also children that are not really yours but through your spouse you have them. You wouldn't have to do anything to get those children. Hmm? (laughs) Hafada. Also some have said that this means sons-in-law. That Allah has given you sons through your wives and also son-in-law. That He gives you daughters and they get married and you think a daughter is a burden? Come on, you're getting more boys in your family. Why do you look down on girls so much? And it's amazing how sometimes, you know, a couple will have just one daughter. But when that daughter gets married, then they have a son as well. Because the son-in-law is like a son. Why is he called son-in-law? Like a son. Hmm? Okay. Hafada, If we take it as a plural of hafid, hafid means grandchildren. Okay. So, Generally it happens that relatives that are through marriage, okay, whether it is in-laws, okay, or it is a spouses, previous children, from a previous marriage, then what happens? You know, people, they feel distant. They're like, no, no, they're not from me, and I'm not from them, I've got nothing to do with them. But it shouldn't be there, because they're also a blessing. So Allah has given you these relatives, these beautiful relationships appreciate the good in them. وَرَزَقَكُمْ And He has provided you from the good things. Meaning, so many good things He's given you. You wear clothes, you enjoy so many flavors, you enjoy so many different textures of food, you travel, you watch, you listen, you enjoy life because He's given you so many good things to enjoy. I mean, compare a human being's life to the life of a cow. What does a cow know? Only grass and water. What does it do? It's just chewing and rechewing and chewing. Right? Standing there being milked. Okay, that's a life. But whose life has more rich experiences? A human being. Correct? You don't just eat grass, you eat a variety of foods. A honeybee. Yes, it goes on different flowers and sucks the nectar, but that's all it knows. We. We can drink nectar, we can drink juice, we can drink water, we can drink milk, we can drink honey. We can drink so many things. وَرَزَقَكُمْ مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ And yet you complain life is boring, and life is hard, and life is difficult. And why are there tests and trials in life? Because life is a test. And while He's testing you, He's also blessing you with so many good things. So keep account of the blessings. Then is it with the falsehood that they believe? Meaning they believe in the falsehood. And with the blessing of Allah they deny. What's the falsehood? Idols, shaitan, the negativity that comes from shaitan. You follow that, you listen to his whispers, and you're ungrateful. Allah gave you all of these blessings, and you go and worship idols? Come on, are you rejecting the favors of Allah? How many blessings will you deny? What can you deny? Can you deny your own existence? Who brought you here? You know, in a hadith we learned that on the day of judgment, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will say to His servant: Alam Did I not get you married? Give you a spouse? Did I not honor you? Did I not subject horses and camels for your service? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask us about the blessings that He has given us. Which kind of blessings? Of relationships, of people, the food we eat, the things that we use, the authority that He has given us. These are all blessings. Yet we ignore them. We complain as though these blessings do not exist. أفَبِنِعْمَةِ اللَّهِ هُمْ يَكْفُرُونَ وَيَعْبُدُونَ And they worship, مِنْ دُونِ الله Besides Allah. Instead of being grateful to Allah and being thankful to Allah and worshipping Allah, look at them. Look at people. They turn away from Allah and they worship other than Him. And what is it that they choose for worship? Ma that which la yamliku does not possess for them, meaning does not have any authority to give them rizqan, any provision السماوات, from the skies, wal arḍ and the earth, meaning they worship such beings that can neither send them provision from the sky nor can they produce provision for them from the earth. Who can cause rain to fall? Who? Only Allah subhanahu wa taala. Who can cause the earth to come back to life? Only Allah subhanahu wa taala. Nobody can. shay'an anything. And they're not capable, meaning they worship those who are unable, absolutely unable, meaning they cannot do anything. So do not assert similarities to Allah. Do not strike, meaning do not offer, do not present, do not give. For Allah al-amsal. is a plural of mithal. Remember it's also used as a plural of mathal. Mathal means example. Okay? But mitl is what we're looking at because mital means an equivalent. Okay? Equivalent. That which is similar to another, that which resembles another. So la ta'dribul لله الأمثال meaning don't say that so and so is like Allah. So and so possesses the characteristics that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has. That, for example, they can also send rain, and they can also give risk, and they can also grant children, and they can also heal, and they can also benefit, and they can also harm. No, no way. Not at all. Allah, His attributes are unique to Him. No one possesses the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they are unique only to him so remember when we believe in the attributes of allah and some of the attributes of allah are you know with respect to his actions that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for example on the day of judgment he will come okay or every night allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends okay to the lowest heaven or allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ala 'ala al-arsh okay other attributes of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are such that you know, for example, we learn that Allah has hands, or that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears, He sees, He speaks. Okay? We believe in the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything, every attribute that Allah has mentioned Himself in the Qur'an or the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa taught us about. We believe in them, but we avoid four things. What is it that we avoid? First of all, ta'atil. What is ta'atil? To abandon. Meaning, saying things like, Oh, yes he hears but he doesn't actually hear because people hear. No, no, we don't say such things. Because that would be abandoning the meaning. If Allah has said that he is Samir, we have to believe that he He hears. We cannot abandon the meaning of Samir. Okay? Secondly, we have to avoid Tahrif. What is Tahrif to change? So for example, saying that uh, no, 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 actually, Allah doesn't speak. Okay, in the Quran, Kallama has been said, but that's actually talking about Musa. Musa spoke. It doesn't mean Allah spoke, Musa spoke. No, no, don't change the words of the Quran to reject the attributes of Allah. Don't change them. We have to avoid tahrif Thirdly, we have to avoid takif. Takif is to describe the howness, how something is. Okay? So for example, we believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has hands because Allah Himself says that He has hands. Correct? Hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned over and over again. But we don't go on describing those hands. This is how the hands of Allah are. This is their size and this is their length and this is their width and this is their color. No we don't talk about these things. Because we don't know. If Allah has told us, good enough. If He hasn't told us, don't talk without knowledge. Don't look like a fool. Avoid taqeef. And fourthly, we avoid tamthil. And tamthil is mentioned over here. What is tamthil? To draw resemblance. Okay? To say that, oh, this is how He is. So, like a person saying, you see this hand? You know, like a hand, how a hand is, five fingers, one thumb, four fingers. No, no, no. Don't go on striking examples and saying that this is how or this is what Allah's attribute looks like or this is how uh, He hears or this is how He sees. No. فَلَا amsal. Because speaking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without knowledge is a crime. It's a sin. Allah has forbidden us from speaking about Him without knowledge. If He's told us about something, good enough. If He hasn't told us about something, Indeed, Allah knows and you do not know. Think about it. If you have a friend, you've seen her. You know exactly what she looks like. And there is another person who pretends to know her really well. Okay, and they say, Yeah, yeah, she's so tall and her eyes are like that. And she likes to wear these kind of clothes. You're like, Excuse me? I know how tall she is. She's shorter than me. I know what she likes to wear because I've seen her. You haven't even seen her. Who gives you the right to speak about her? To describe her in that way? And when a person is speaking like that, what does he look like? A fool. Tell me, who has seen Allah? Which human being has seen Allah? Anyone over here? No way. No way. Because لا تدرِكُهُ الْأَبْصَارِ These eyes, they're in this world, they cannot perceive Him. They do not have the capacity to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we haven't seen Allah, please refrain from describing Him. Unless a description has been given in the Qur'an and Sunnah. So فَلَا تَطْرِبُوا لِلَّهِ الْأَمْثَالِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُ وَأَنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ He knows and you do not know. So refrain from speaking without knowledge. What's the relevance of this ayah to the context? What is the context telling us about? The blessings of Allah through which you realize the power of Allah, the oneness of Allah. And how shirk does not make any sense whatsoever. When people go towards shirk, what's the reason? They start comparing the creator with the creation. Right? They're so impressed by the creation that they think that that creation has some superpowers. And they must have some role in, you know, benefiting us and harming us. So they begin to worship the creation. And over here, what are they doing? They're resembling the creation with the creator. So, al Please keep away from that. No matter how amazing of a system of a thing that you see, remember that Allah is still greater than that. Allah is still above that. And you know very well, that when you are better than someone, even in one way, you don't want to be made equal to them. So how could you make the creation equal to the Creator? Let's listen to the recitation.
1: وَاللَّهُ خَلَقَكُمْ Thumma ومنكم من يرد إلى أرض العمر لكي لا يعلم بعد علم شيئا إن الله عليم قدير والله فضل بعضكم على بعض في الرزق فَمَنَ الَّذِينَ فَضَّلُوا بِرَادِّ رِزْقِهِمْ عَلَى مَا مَلَكَتْ أَيْمَانُهُمْ فَهُمْ فِيهِ سَوَاءٌ اللَّهِ يَجْحَدُونَ وَاللَّهُ جَعَلَ لَكُم مِن أَنفُسِكُم أزْوَاجٌ وَجَعَلَ لَكُم مِن أزْوَاجِكُم بَنِينَ وَجَعَلَ لَكُم مِن أزْوَاجِكُم بَنِينَ وَحَفَدَتُوهُ وَرَزَقَكُم مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ أف يؤمنون وبنعمة الله هم يكفرون ويعبدون من دون الله ما لا يملك لهم رزقا من السماوات والأرض شيئا ولا يستطيعون فَلا تَظْرِمُوا لِلَّهِ الْأَنفَالَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُ وَأَنْتُمْ لا تَعْلَمُونَ